Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out, I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. Hello and welcome to the worst idea of all time, Total Immersion Edition, but only for one of us, and that one is me, Spindly Timbly Wimbly, your humble servant in entertainment. Uh, I now, am I am wrecked. Yeah. A uh, few questions right off the bat. I can't see you, but judging by the audio uh, surrounds uh, with which I'm speaking to you, are you still in the tub? I'm in the tub. I'm in the tub. Oh my god! Splishy, so how- splashing around. <laughs> yeah, that's a good noise. Can you give give us more of that moving water? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what color is the water? That's fine. It's pretty see through. It's all good, man. And what I you, tell you what, what are you wearing? This, this was stupid. This was a dumb idea. This was bad. <laughs> my my eyes hurt so much. I've got like a splitting headache from having oh. a fucking cell phone screen like jammed up against my eyes for the last two hours. This was wild. So here's here's uh, here's the rub, <laughs> Tim. Before yeah. you launch into it, I need to know what you're wearing. All oh, right, I'm. I've got. I put togs on. I put some togs on so that I could take some video for you because you specifically requested it, and I want to send you my penis. Fair enough. And uh, what's the temp of the water? Tepid now. So yeah. I started off scalding hot, like way too hot, and it took me because I because you you were saying. And my wife Zoe was, they, you both were saying you were like, the water will get cold. And then you're just sitting in a cold bathtub for like however long. It's a long movie, which is true. So I made the water real fucking hot straight off the bat. And as a result, it took me 10 minutes to like lower myself into the water because um, it was scalding <laughs> hot. And then once I did, so I had some supplies because I really thought this out because I wanted to be as undisturbed as possible. So I made a smoothie and a coffee and I put them next to the tub and then I got the headset on and everything. And I was wearing, I've been wearing noise cancelling headphones as well for the last two and a half hours. So 
I finally, after 10 minutes of like inch by inch lowering my body into this incredibly hot bathtub, I finally got in and I stretched my arm out and knocked over the smoothie completely. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> into the bath? Nah, nah. Knocked it onto the floor. Um, so then we had to stop and clean that up. And then start the fucking... <laughs> Start the whole process again of lowering myself in, but I did. I yeah, fuck. My I, ta- I have got such a keep headache. talking. Yeah, so I'm then, not surprised. The other thing was because it was so scalding hot. Like I got to about the I reckon thirty thirty five minute mark, and I I I tried to hold out hold out for as long as possible. But I was like, I I'm gonna faint in the tub. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, man, what will happen if I faint in the tub? It'll definitely break these headphones, these noise-canceling headphones. Will it electrocute me? Probably not. What about my cell phone? Nah, that's waterproof apparently. So worst case scenario, um, I probably won't get electrically shocked or anything. I won't get electrocuted. I could uh, drowning <laughs> drowning's possible and then just when I was thinking I was like man I this is the limit this is my physical limit of how much heat and humidity I can stand <laughs> and then my phone was like hey dude I'm overheating I can't do this VR thing anymore <laughs> you're a, <laughs> you're a madman so then I had to stop and get out of the tub and fashion using a USB fan and a um a battery pack a fan that would like blow down into the phone while I watched. The whole thing's this, been quite a is, quite an experience. This uh, is the absolute height of Tim Bat. I am so proud of you for doing this. I'm so happy you have you decided to do it, and I I'm just absolutely, you know. Uh, Gleeful at how challenging the entire enterprise has I proven to be. I got so mad at you, and I don't know why. Midway through, I was just <laughs> like, I am absolutely furious at Guy about this. This whole thing <laughs> why? stinks. Why? I don't know. You must have been able to play some some part of the fury. Was it because well, I wasn't doing it? Um, I think there was part of it. And also, I know that we're on a, a slightly tight time frame because you're doing something. And I was like running around trying to solve all these things. It's like fucking guy with things that aren't this podcast in his life. (laughs) I was just so hot. So hot. Um, But it's, it's, it's things are okay now. I had a little sip of water. I haven't actually had much water. I definitely haven't had enough water. Man. um, I was kind of counting on that smoothie to tie me over, but that didn't happen, obviously. You've and got to I stay thought, hydrated. I know. So then I thought to myself, I better not have the coffee because that, I reckon that'll do more harm than yeah, good. That'll be what'll get you. It'll be the coffee, if anything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It won't be all of, all of the other, you know, fucking artis- artifice you've built around consuming this abominable movie. It'll be the coffee. Well, something's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back and, you know, we're going to avoid all the straw. We're going to get rid of the uh, straw. Can I, can, can I please ask for, separate from the movie, your emotional high and low point in this uh, Separate from the movie? They are one and the same tank. guy. What part of total immersion don't you understand? I was in the film this time. I was there. Uh, okay. okay. Well, well, this is a, a great launch pad for conversation. Was there value in what you did as a consumer of films? 
Um, do you know? I think there was. Yes, I think this would be an interesting. Like, <laughs> can I first say? So I watched this through the Netflix VR app. I don't know why that app exists. <laughs> I don't know why you would ever want to watch movies like this in anything like a serious way. Like, I don't know, apart from for a joke, why you would do it. It's so silly. It's, it's so silly. And because the way that it works is it, it splits your cell phone screen into two halves because it's giving you a, a different picture through each eye. So everything has to be quite low resolution as a result. So everything's not quite as like sharp as if you're just watching it on a normal screen. The thing that did it for me was the headphones though. That was good because I was wearing some real good, nice noise cancelling headphones um, which actually led me to my shining light in the film which is the smooth jazz music that plays when Miranda and Carrie are going trick-or-treat shopping for chocolates. Oh, wow. Yeah, I never really heard it before, but it was fucking good eating. It's a, it's a nice little treat. Uh, I want to know, at what, at what point in the movie can you, can you uh, map your anger with me to what was happening on screen or in goggles? I was I angry at you for ages. <laughs> was it and, uh, A long time. Do you think, <laughs> was it divorced from the action of the film? Yeah, I don't think those two things are related. I think that was um, that was more just me. It was kind of like having a fever is what the feeling was like. I was just so hot. <laughs> I of was course. sweating profusely, which is quite a weird thing when you're in a bath to be sweating. It's a, it's a bad feeling. Yeah, it's gross. It's what do your fingers gross. and toes look like? very pruney guy i'm not afraid to tell you my fingers aren't so bad because i tried i i had to keep them out during the last bit so that i could operate the uh equipment to set up the record my feet (laughs) my feet are pretty gross yeah they're real gross don't look at those (laughs) i mean it's just everything about this idea screamed uh of of fucking idiocy from from the outset and um it's that sort of pig-headed commitment to seeing it through which really sets this project and specifically your role within it apart. Um, I, I don't know if idiocy is the word. I resent that, that choice of language. I chose that word very carefully. I would yeah. describe, I think, myself and our, our one libertarian listener and anyone who caught wind of what you were doing, you know, in the periphery mm. would... Uh, with full-throated confidence be able to describe what you've just done as idiotic? Um, I guess, but within the context of the podcast, I feel like it's important, you know? Like, why? Okay, now why do you think it's important? Because it's important for us in our position to keep keep pushing the boundaries, you know? Keep, uh, keep experimenting. I, I agree that it's important to push the boundaries... This but, was a boundary um, that, that I had to push on, you know? What do you find when you come up right to the edge of the boundary like that? Man, you find resentment and there were moments of zen, but that was when the bath water started approaching a good temp, which is probably like <laughs> a long time. <laughs> How long did that last for? How long were you oh. having a nice bath? The bar, the water right now is like you know it's slightly cooler than you'd like, but it's not unpleasant. Now it's fine. Yeah, which can give you but an indication I, of just how fucking hot this thing was when I kicked off. 
I, yeah, that, I also don't know that ago. as someone who's, you know, because you think about if you go swimming with children and children love being in the water so much more than grown-ups. They can be in the water for hours on end. And I remember as a child, you know, I, I couldn't understand why adults would just jump in the pool then jump out. Mm. But what the consequence of that would mean is that they would lose all uh, sort of notion of temperature and you know, kids get out of the pool and they'll have been in there for three hours and they'll be they'll be blue. They'll be shivering blue, but they'll be oblivious to the fact that they're cold. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know if that you've got a great gauge on, like, are you, is there any fear within you of becoming sick from this? No, because the water's all right. It was very hot and now it's just okay. I've got a very uh, small envelope of temperature that I am okay with. Like I'm very, I'm very, I, I don't do the cold very well and I don't do the hot very well either. There's just a tiny little, I'm a little, I'm the princess and the pea, but for bath water. So th- I think I would notice it. Okay. Now it's feeling a bit cold actually. Now that you're saying it. Well, it's just, a, it's just important to be aware. As much as I enjoy you uh, subjecting yourself to this sort of mental and physical anguish, I, I do, I do want to look out for you. You've got a flight coming up. You don't want to be sick on a plane. It's winter. It's winter here, and we can't build houses proper, so this, this, this little Greyland flat's pretty chilly. What was the last thing your lovely wife said to you as she left the house this morning? Uh, uh, nothing profound. She said bye. It was very early. It's very, I, was still, you know, I was asleep, really. It's nothing related to what you were doing? No. She didn't know it was today. She didn't I know. See. Well, you'll be uh, probably indifferent to hear that the movie more or less, you know, remained the same. It was uh, it was worse than last time because I didn't give myself an assignment, and so it was just I was just trudging through this with um with the gals. The knowledge of what you were doing did tickle me pink, and uh, that did you know th- the knowledge of your misfortune made me grateful for my situation. So you'll be pleased to hear while you were you know uh, simmering in the bathtub with resentment towards me. I was I was proud of you and what you were doing. That's good. Uh, I actually, you know, to the point that I, there were parts of the movie I had not seen before that I saw or things that I enjoyed. And I wow. haven't brought this up recently, but um, Sergio Jessica Parker as an actor, her performance as Carrie has um, sort of some of the nuance within it has really been growing on me. Uh, not... That's not the character Carrie. Like I still find her largely reprehensible, but there are sort of just just flourishes within it. Just small acting decisions um, that sort of really advertise the quality we're dealing with. When Sarah Jessica Parker comes to play, she really comes to play. She really brings it. Well, give me an example of, of this. You said at the top of this that there was stuff you hadn't really seen before, hadn't seen for a while. What kind of stuff are we talking? Uh, that's somewhat unrelated to to SJP, but there were just some some moments where she was acting against herself uh, or St. Louise where it's just like there's, there's moments of reaction. They say acting is reacting. And um, like I said, none of this does anything to absolve the character of some of the bad her, her bad decisions and selfish nature, but just... And I, I, I didn't write down... I foolishly didn't write down any specifics, but just uh, the performance as a whole is uh, is good. Wow, okay. The things, the things I noticed, uh, and things might be 
might be generous, but uh, was I had a really good look on the. Hey, can on I the stop way. you there for a second, guy? Do you reckon you're fucked in the head, mate? You've seen this movie like <laughs> forty-eight times. It blows my mind that you're giving like a serious review. What what is up? Hey man, I I punch in my time card same as everyone else. You know, I'm just I here to do like my it. job. It's fucked what up, I, man. What I do on my own time is none of your business. And uh so long as, you know, I'm inside of these four walls on office hours, I'm going to be I'm going to be doing the mahi. So uh, strange. But, so as Big and Carrie are descending the steps in that restaurant on their way to the rehearsal dinner, uh, there was a. I noticed for the first time a woman behind Stanford who's wearing those transition lenses. You know the lenses that people wear so that they don't have to carry sunglass clips or certainly do uh, prescription sunglasses. He's wearing them. They're on. They're in sunglasses mode. But you know it's nighttime inside. I don't know if he has any control over that. But it'd be embarrassing if you had faulty transition lenses. You know because you look like a dunce if you're wearing sunnies indoors, unless you're a, a superstar. That's by the by. But there's a woman behind him who employs a very unique waving technique. So everyone's sort of waving at Karen Big and they're quite excited. You get a good shot of Carl who has got the most shit-eating smug grin plastered on his face. Like he knows he's going to heckle the fucking toast. Or He's ready for I mean, it, eh? He's fucking yeah, yeah, ready he's to got, go. He's ready to pounce. He's got a real w- wicked look in his eyes. And for someone who's given, you know, two moments of screen time and, and three lines... He really embodies the character. He, he he gets himself inside of that body and he, he stretches out and he makes his presence known and I respect that. But there's this woman uh, next to Stanford who's, she's waving and you know, can you take your right hand for me right now, Tim? Mm. And put it in the air and just wave normally like you'd normally wave? I'm doing it. And now sort of uh, lower it so it's like, it's kind of, I guess, parallel to the ground or parallel to the plane of, you know, the ground. You know I'm in a bathtub, eh? Yeah, yeah, but you still know, you know, you still know what parallel to the ground. Yeah, and sort of just, and then from there, just raise it a little bit and just waggle your your fingers like, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) what the fuck is this? (laughs) What have you made me do? Well, this is how the woman is waving. And it's sort of like, it's the way you might wave at a child where you go, hello, you know, and you're moving your fingers to keep them engaged or entertained because, yeah. And uh, she's she's waving at Carrie and Big like that as they come down these these stairs. And it's honestly, I know that at this point it is. I'm I'm clutching at straws, grasping at straws. Either way, I had a really good time. I went back. I would have watched it three times. Dude, Jesus Christ! Extra credit. Um, you know what's good about that though? It's a lot of result. It's a lot of movement for not a lot of energy expended. It's like how the Queen waves when she's on the parades and stuff. You know, she just well, waves all, from the wrist. It's kind of like all this, wrist, yeah. It's it's this fingers thing seems like kind of maximum movement, maximum efficiency. Nah, I I think your fingers would seize up if you had to do that for a while. That's true. Oh, it is it is less than a regular wave though. Do you Depends how animated your waves are, I guess. But it's also that you're kind of creating more movement. So it's like if you're trying to draw someone's attention, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> waggling your little fingers. That very strange behaviour for a rehearsal dinner for a very um, prestigious wedding. How odd! Yeah, she's a she's a slightly older, sort of glamorous looking woman. Who I, are uh, these? Who are these people? Eh? Like, 
who are you in this fucking the rehearsal dinner is at a banquet table that is attended it's by true. a hundred people who are you who are any of them we're not introduced to them nah. not just at the dinner but also you know in the surrounding movie and because we never get to go to the wedding we never get to figure out how many people and who the fuck this couple I mean we know Big's got literally oh, I know he's got his family on the invitation list we know that for a fact but otherwise he's no one's coming school pals. he's got his four high school pals his siblings as well but that's it I know does he have his high school pals I think those are just siblings no, didn't we talk about his high school pals? That he was in a gang or something. Uh, we might have. I don't know that it's canon, but... Uh, actually, that brings me on a Big, you know when... I know you love this scene. You know on New Year's Eve when Old Lang Syne is playing and we get a, a just a glimpse of what Big's been up to since he jilted Carrie. And he is out at quite a nice sort of uh, restaurant. It appears to be quite a convivial atmosphere. People cheersing and uh and laughing and having a good time and he's just sat at the bar by himself with a glass of vino and a porterhouse steak yeah Uh-oh. what a, and he he looks pretty contented in that moment <laughs> can you know? i tell like, you something sorry what? i am i am in this moment with you i'm just <laughs> the rec- the audio recorder that i'm using to talk to to, to record this conversation is uh <laughs> dripping with condensation <laughs> And the sound has just changed quite a lot. And now I'm thinking, I'm definitely about to break it. <laughs> I'm just uh, going to open a door. That yeah, yeah. Do what you got to do, man. Keep talking. Uh, so, you know the scene I'm describing. You've pointed it out to me before. You're a huge fan of it. What is the movie actually trying to communicate to us by... I got water everywhere. <laughs> I'll bet you did. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to, so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy 
during uh, there was a pandemic. I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. What is the, what's the movie trying to communicate to us by showing us that? Because he doesn't look upset. He doesn't look happy. It looks like his life is honestly going fine. Like big Man, marches on unfettered by his actions. I'm with you. I paid close attention to the entire movie, this uh, this watch. But that one, man, it was good. Because you see his face and he's... Do you know what it is? He's got the look of a man who is looking out to his kingdom. Like he owns all of them. It's a, it's, it's like a shot from one of those um, TV shows about big bankers or something. Those, those real money men who are up at the top. You know, the, the Illuminati who are sitting yeah. at the, the top of the pyramid. And he's just surveying all of the um, disgusting plebs that are underneath him. That's, that's while, he, while he eats his very lovely steak. And his is Just very on lovely a commuter train with a bunch of fucking plebs. That's the uh, guy. Yeah, no, I, I would, I, I would agree. But I guess I noticed it because it's sandwiched around scenes where, like, Miranda and Carrie both specifically are looking really upset and despondent at being by themselves. Like the the leads of the film, we're shown being by themselves is devastating on everyone. Everyone else who's uh, captured by themselves on New Year's Eve is upset. And thinking about it and not comfortable, I guess, within themselves. But Big is, he's fine. He's so good. Do you know what? Let me ask you this. Don't you think that Big would be so much happier by himself? Like knowing what we know about John James Big. What the fuck is his last name again? I forgot. John James Preston. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I don't think... I mean, you know, I, I'm happy for their union and that it does take both of them off the market. But I I don't think he's built for... As told by two failed previous marriages and all of the, you know, tumult that his relationship with Carrie in the series, from what I understand, and then in this movie and the next movie go through, he's not built for that. And he Maybe seems so content him. by himself. So few people are truly happy within themselves and by themselves. And here we have someone who is, and he throws it all away for a relationship that can barely keep itself on the straight and narrow. You know who'd have a lot to say about this? Daniel Sloss. <laughs> <laughs> Scottish comedian who has allegedly broken up. It must be like into the thousands of couples now based on this observation, that you do not need to be inside of a relationship to be happy. That's right. He, uh, Yeah, he's got two specials on Netflix. Uh, The one that deals with that, I believe, is called Jigsaw. So if you haven't seen it, well worth a look. I mean, I I agree that he would. Uh, But sadly, it's just you and I. I mean, you've experienced this movie up up close and personally. While while I'm sort of... That's not really a gripe. It was more of a conversational opener. But uh, in a, a curiosity in, in cinema, I just want to talk about Charlotte's storyline quickly, which is, um, you know, the big moment of conflict she's meant to have. So earnest. Yep, go on. You hate you hate how earnest I'm being, eh? I hate it. 
Is it throwing you off balance? It's not, no, I don't hate it. It's so weird. I just, I just find it so strange. I'm in a bathtub right now. I just yeah, a I know, but cell phone strip to my eyes. This is the the beautiful sort of high, <laughs> high and low step. I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm All freaking I'm out. Saying, I think I'm very dehydrated. <laughs> don't pay yeah, attention man. to me. Uh, do your best, but so the the sort of. You know the the apex of or, of conflict in her story is when this is what I gleaned from watching it today. She doesn't run because she's pregnant, mm-hmm. and Carrie says you have to run, and then Charlotte goes, "Yeah, you're right." That is the whole crux of her. It's, it's a metaphor. What I for? I don't know. I actually don't know what it's a metaphor for. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe like the right. only maybe it does the suck. only purpose I can see in it is because it, in some way, is meant to shine an empathetic light on Carrie's character and be like, "Look, she looks after her friends, but the way she looks after them is Charlotte's not running. She goes, you need to run, and then because of that, she like you know claps her hands together and goes, "Wow, I'm a good friend. Look at look at the value I provide. Mm. It's nothing. Charlotte really gets cast." Uh, cast aside in this film It makes me sad She's nah, a sweet look, woman She's got good intentions She's got a good heart She's not She's represented as as uh, uh, Just hopeless in both films In the second movie Her whole fucking storyline Is that she thinks Harry's having a, an affair Because they have a sexy nanny She's not necessarily sexy She is big titted uh, <laughs> Yeah okay we're going to get bogged down in the semantics. I, I just thought we always referred to I'm her not, as a big-titted nanny, and I th- that, that uh, non-clementia really cracks me up. Okay. Well, I've got a confession for you and for our listener. Gone. <laughs> not specifically in the movie, but the, whoever the woman who, who plays that role is, I think she's sexy. I'll <laughs> say it. It's you, called Sex in the City 2, and I wild. shouldn't be afraid to say that I find some characters or moments... Sexy. All right, mate. No arguments from me. What's the What's the sexiest? Uh, what's the What do you find the sexiest in this movie that you just watched? What do I find Fucking- the sexiest? Great question, guy. From Sex in the City one. Is that from Sex in the City one? Yeah. Yeah. The sexiest. Um. Oh god! You know what I can't get out of my head right now? It's just a disgusting image. Is Big coming home after Carrie says that Mister Big really colours uh, inside outside? Oh, wait, the, yeah, yeah. Wait, what's the phrasing on it? He really colours uh, inside the lines. He re- yeah, he he really yeah. stays inside the lines. Stays inside the lines. That's it. Yeah, and him just fucking laying his tongue all over Sarah Jessica Parker's body. Oh. God, that's sexy to you. No, it's not. It's disgusting. But when you ask the question, that just like popped into my head and it wouldn't leave. I think that's kind of that's one of those things where it's like Hollywood is like, hey, this is sexy, right? Nothing between Big and Carrie is sexy. It's all disgusting and slightly off balance. It's a bit. Um, it's not for me. It is not for me. What's the sick? I don't fucking know. It'd probably be. Would you rather? Would you rather have to sit through? Would you rather have to watch? You know who's sexy? Uh, who? 
It's Steve, man. I get it. I get why all of the guests that we bring on keep saying Steve's the sexiest. It's fucking true because he's he's a little bit understated. He's the only one who's not cranked up to eleven he's in sexy, this movie. And you see his butt. It's got Chelsea. A good butt. Chelsea still tells me that she thinks he's a terrible actor and has, he has the worst performance. And I think that's crazy. And She's insane. honestly, yeah, yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. But um, oh, god damn, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, who would you? Yeah, who would you rather? Who would you rather? Wa- so you have to watch one of these couples have sex for an hour. Actually, definitely gonna, Samantha. Okay, well that's uh, Samantha <laughs> and Smith. That's your choice. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to strike. I'm going to strike them. <laughs> okay. They're no longer on the table. All right. Uh, Charlotte and Harry, number two spot. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to see that Runkle Crunkle. <laughs> yeah, I know. I reckon. I, I want to see the Funkle and the Runkle Crunkle. It's. I reckon that their love making scene because there is that moment of intimacy between them, which is pretty gnarly. Where she says, "Thank you for being you," and oh, he it's has very this tender. look like, "I'm a. I am a nuggety little fuck, and I'm gonna." I'm gonna give you that bomb ass dick, and I find it. Dis- <laughs> I find it disgusting. Why do you find that disgusting? I think that's a very tender moment between the two of them. Do you like that? Yeah, I don't mind it. I think it's fine. It's just like two two people who love each other are raising a kid together, sharing a moment of physical intimacy. Yeah. No toys. I mean, I, it is. It is sweet, but I guess because I don't really like the characters, or you know, I, I'm just like, ugh. Whatever, Charlotte. You're not interesting. In the TV show, did they ever get into like um, bondage and stuff? Kind of other little kinks, kind of more uh, the more mainstream kinks. But did they did they ever get into it? I think I remember at some point from my vague, uh, you know, collection of memories of seeing this this film this uh, show on screen. I think there's something where Samantha was in a sex swing at one point. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know about bondage. I feel like they'd throw all that stuff at Samantha and everyone else has sort of got... Like, their quest goes beyond, you know, different types of and quality of sex towards, you know, the, the person, the relationship around it. And if you want to see any of that that uh, that fun stuff, you just write it into Samantha's story. They should have explored bondage with Miranda, I reckon, because I think that's a kink that appeals to type a personalities who are real control freaks you take take the control away from them and they're like right on i'm into it yeah i uh i mean i i don't i don't disagree so just for my game now we're going to strike uh charlotte and harry from the the conversation so now who would you rather watch between the remaining two couples Look, I'll pay money to not watch Sarah just well Carrie Bradshaw specifically have sex with big they're going to be at the bottom of every heap. You don't want to know about it. Give me Steve's sweet little tush and uh, and Miranda's gorgeous shock of red hair any day of the week over um, yeah. over the manufactured chemistry that doesn't exist between Carrie Bradshaw and John James Preston, JJ, to his friends, big Yo, to his yeah. enemies. You'll be pleased to hear all of the stuff that you're outlining, like all the stuff about the nose kisses that I used to be like whatever with. I do the the longer the season wears on, the more disgusted I am. They're repulsive, eh? I mean, we look, guy, we have fun on this show, do we not? Do we not have fun together, you and I, on the worst idea of all time? 
I guess we have in a way, fun. I'm coming to yeah, you live yeah, from yeah. a bathtub. We have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We but have fun. We have a laugh. At the end of the day, you cannot deny that it is utterly repulsive the way that Chris Noth attempts to devour Sarah Jessica Parker's nose on numerous occasions as a show of affection in this movie. It is stomach churning and I won't stand for it. Yeah. No, I'm with you, Tim. I'm against it too. Good. And I'm sorry good, good, good. I'm sorry I, I ever uh defended it. Hey, you haven't actually shared a shining light yet, I don't think. I'm so glad you ask. Um, My feet are so gross, bro. It's real yuck. It's the way that Kim like Cattrall delivers old the line penis. Is each toe so wrinkly? <laughs> yeah, I got it. Um, if I'd known the girl talk was going to be on lockdown, I wouldn't have thro- flown three thousand miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way she delivers that, there's a little bit of venom. There is genuine frustration, and um, I believed it. I was like, "Yeah, fair enough." You know, I I know that she's you know she's uh got a there's kid. no contain. Well, yeah, there's no containing Samantha and like, you know, sometimes that makes her the outrageous one in the group of friends. But, you know, she's come to she's come to New York City and... Uh, but hold I on. Mean, Bray- I mean, you're, you're totally right, but you're more right than you know because it's not even Samantha who says it. It's Miranda who says sex and then Charlotte who gets all uppity about it because she's brought her kid to the lunch. And then Samantha's just responding to the whole situation in general being like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. We're going to censor I, ourselves. I've flown a long way to be here. I agree. And also, Miranda's so lax, which is great. You know, Bra- you know Brady's fucking around with his transformer or something in the background. Yeah, dude. You don't get king of the rats by being a prude bringing up your kid, do you? Yeah. You want frank and honest parenting. If a mm. child says, what's that? You tell them what it is. And what is it, guy? Sex. Yeah. And a kingdom of vermin. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. I saw a rat in the in the subway tracks yesterday. Its tail, yeah. you know how rats' tails are usually quite uh, mobile? And like, you know, they, they, uh, this one's tail looked like it was stiff. Ooh. Really That's curious stuff. Weird. Yeah. It was the rat in a state of arousal? And I don't necessarily mean sexually. But what, did it look uh, scared or anything? Nah, it was just your, your garden variety subway rat skulking around between the tracks, looking for some tasty morsels, um, probably collecting information on you know what apps people are using, what websites they're visiting, what they're talking about, where they're off to, all the feedback to his leader. Or her reckon, leader. Or reckon, their leader, should I say. Do you reckon this is how Google works, is they just send out rats? Do you think Brady's involved with Google now? Is that what you're yeah. telling me? I reckon it's is quite he, possible. If you think about... Really, okay, here's the thing. If you're a big tech person, you know, you're a big CEO of, of Google, you've got to make a few backup plans because, like, if terrorists do attack the, the infrastructure that makes up the internet and also, you know, like, the internet of things... Like, the World Wide Web goes down and then you've got the internet of things and they, they managed to fucking gunk up the works there as well you got to have some backups. So I reckon a, an internet of rats would actually be pretty fucking good in terms of a biological alternative to um, to the internet as we know it. I know. And what what I find scary about that is uh, 
I that I um is that Brady we always sort of had pegged as you know going the biological route to world domination and the idea that somehow within this he has not necessarily transcended but like that he's gone he he's he's taken he's wielded this biological power and started to apply it you know in a into the technological sphere that uh to me communicates a level of control and forethought that frankly i didn't know the kid had it's kind of i think the benefit of it is that they're not totally under his control it's a little bit messy and that's what makes it good it's like um it's like having genetic diversity right so you know if a virus comes along it won't wipe out all of the species if you've sort of not put all your eggs in one basket which is why people are so worried about bananas guy because we've only got one type of bananas now because we selectively bred them so heavily there's only one type of bananas there used to be hundreds and now if there's a virus that comes and fucks up those bananas we got no more bananas and we use so many bananas for so many things I keep hearing about this hmm um, yet when I go to the store there's as many bananas as there ever were the virus hasn't happened yet but it could wow I will uh, say the same thing to you about bananas on the record that I constantly say to you about global warming off the record which is until I see any sort of impact from it I steadfastly refuse to believe I be- believe in it acknowledge it or change any of my behaviour I've got nothing but respect for that approach. I don't know if you can hear it, but there's a smoke alarm that's, uh, I think, low in battery in my hallway that keeps beeping. Is that, Can you hear that? Is it coming up for I you? I can hear that. Just quietly chirping away. Yeah, I'm yeah it's just doing a chirp. That's what that is. <coughs> um, what was your low light this week? We don't always talk about or this watch rather guy. We don't always talk about that. Uh, when was I getting really frustrated? Um... I mean, you know, it's a slightly more challenging question because you, uh, you get upset quite quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think in Mexico, I think Carrie's, while I was enjoying Sergio Jessica Parker's performance within the character, Carrie's behavior in Mexico uh, mm. with, you know, the, the memory of that essay in the, in the background of my mind and just, you know, what Miranda's gone through and how supportive her friends have, you know, tried to be in traveling with her. Uh, just her sulking around and just the way it sort of it grinds the action of the film to to a whole I get, we get it you know you're yeah. upset you don't need to literally embody a seven year old child to, to get that message over the line and it goes but, on too long do you know yeah, it, do but you know if, it was cool because I was watching this in the Netflix VR app no fucking trick or treating scene for me mate and a shorter um, 80s uh, costume montage than ever that's right you only see Carrie dressing up uh, in her old duds none of the other three blink and you miss it sort of material it was so good hey you want to know what else is weird about the Netflix VR app I don't know if this is an easter egg or a genuine fuck up but this is the way it works you you, you strap yourself in so the way it works is I've, I bought a little uh, it's called a Google Daydream and it's it's just a thing to hold your phone in front of your eyes that's all it does and it blocks out light from anything else it's just a pair of goggles that you slot your phone into and then you tell it to go into fucking vr mode 
Now, when you're in there, you look to the left. So you're in a, like a chateau on a mountain. You look out to the left and there is mountains out a big window. There's dark wood floors everywhere. And in front of you is like a big TV screen, which plays the movie. And if you turn your head to the right, there's like a few lamps and things in this big lounge room that you're in and you're on the couch. If you look down into the left, there's a remote control for Netflix and the buttons on the remote go one, two, three, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And I didn't know if this was like a little Easter egg they put in or someone genuinely has fucked up and they never noticed because so few people use this app. Uh, what you described sounds... I mean, I know that it doesn't last so long as you're actually engaging with the movie, but that those are the little details that make a marketing campaign and sound to me like quite a lot of fun. Mate, there's two magazines in front of you on a coffee table and a, a cup of something, cup of hot joe maybe. I love that. Yeah, it's cool. That's a bit of fun. Uh, Tim, would you recommend yourself... Okay. What could you charge for the experience you've just given yourself? What Would someone be paying me? Yeah. Someone says, hey, Tim, I understand that you've, you've got a, a home-built uh, sensory deprivation chamber. Oh, uh, no. I mean, I mean, like, you, I would need to... If someone was going to do this for Sex in the City, I would need to give them the equipment and a fee to do it. Like, this is not the kind of thing where you would pay to do it. Okay, but what if someone's like, okay, maybe not with Sex and City, but I like the sound of what you've done. Oh, what if okay. I just want to come over and, and watch an episode of, uh, you know, Black Mirror? Yeah, I love that. Mate, I will, I will, I will give it to you for five bucks for an episode of Black Mirror. You get the noise cancelling so, here. Oh, not the bathtub though, because the hot water, I actually felt guilty about this. That's got to cost so much money. God damn it, baths are crazy. I can't believe people do this on the regular. I don't think I've had a bath since I was about 12. When you get out, I mean, you won't get to enjoy this because the water's gone bad, but it's really nice when your body radiates heat. Like, you've got a heater coming out of your body. That's so. It's a real treat. The, uh, the plug seal isn't dead tight, so the water's been going down. So, it, because it's so cold <laughs> in the rest of the house, I've been creeping deeper and deeper under so that as much of my body is covered by this tepid water as possible. I'm in quite an to- odd position. Anyone in uh, Auckland or the greater Auckland region, if you want to experience the water slowly running out of the bath while you watch an episode of Black Mirror, Mirror and scalding hot temperatures, all you need is a crisp Edmund Hillary. That's $1, no, $5. Dollar you don't get the bathtub for that. You get the other stuff. It's $30 if you want the bath. Head along to in uh, Graylin. Why would you do Knock that? on the door. Why do you Tell keep putting shit in yeah. that I have to bleep out? It's so annoying. Because you don't edit this. <laughs> it's the most annoying thing in the world. You already resent me. What's yeah, another, I do. P- what's another piece of resentment? Yeah, I wonder why. So do I. We've got a we've got a good relationship. Feels like as good a place as any to end the episode. I love you. Uh we will be coming to America and I want you to see this train wreck of a marriage that's been going on too long. Is it is the marriage between Guy and I or is the relationship between Guy and I and the movie? I, you'll get to find out when you see us in New York We're City, Portland, Oregon, Chicago, Illinois and Los Angeles, California. We're coming like next week. So you need to please 
buy tickets and a friend, judging by some of the pre-sales we've got so far, and come and check us out because there's also something we'll be playing there that you can only see at the event. That's right. Lay it, lay it on everyone, Tim. Who, what cities need to pick their socks up? Why well, I can't remember the ticket sales of which ones are which. I, LA wasn't doing fantastic last time I checked. Come on, LA. I know that the weather's fine, but uh, come and celebrate that weather with us at the Dynasty Typewriter on Friday, June 28th at 8pm. Uh, LittleEmpirePodcasts.com. Right? Slash live. You got Slash it. Slash live. We'll see you there. Tim, look after yourself. Please make a graceful and safe dismount from the bathtub and wrap up warm. It's like finishing a running race. Your body will trick you, but you really need to make sure you stay warm. I don't want you catching a cold. That's good advice. Thanks, Monty. I'll see you soon, baby. Babe. We just have a good rhythm together. You know, he sort of feels me out. I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.